This episode is brought to you by Trend, a marketplace where brands can source custom creative for any of their marketing needs. Need someone to make content for your ads? We got you. Need someone to make content for your own TikTok? We've got you covered too. Go to trend.io to learn more and go to trend.io slash podcast to keep up with the show. Hey guys, how's it going? Today we're joined by Sarah, who's the CEO and co-founder of Gem. Sarah, I'll let you go into a little bit about it, but they are a D2C brand in the nutrition space based in LA, and they've been doing really exciting things over the last couple of years. Sarah, do you want to give us a quick background about Gem and and what you guys are all about? Yeah, so... Gem is reinventing the traditional notion of a vitamin with a real food bite. We have a line of multivitamins and we're hoping to evolve the supplement aisle under the philosophy that food is medicine and we want to change the way that we nourish ourselves. So we're building a new platform, the future of nutrition, and it's been an exciting ride so far. I know we just covered a lot there about, you know, what Gem is, the product space that you're in and and the future that you see it going. But why don't you give me a little bit of your background and inspiration for creating a business in this space? I've been passionate about the food and nutrition space and have studied it from the lens of sustainability in undergrad. And I had my own kind of health experiences in my mid to late 20s that brought me to realize just how broken our food and nutritional system is. And so I was starting to struggle out of nowhere, really, with chronic inflammation, digestion, sleep issues, you name it. And I've always considered myself a relatively healthy person. I had a healthy diet, didn't really know what was going on, went through a lot of algae tests and blood tests and found out that I had a lot of gaps in my diet. Because even if you eat a well-rounded diet, even if you eat perfectly, we're actually 90% of Americans are micronutrient deficient. We're not actually getting the nutrients that we need. And so like many of us, I turned to the supplement aisle to try to fill the gaps. And I started looking at, you know, all these vitamins and pills and complicated and expensive sort of supplement routines and cobbling together, swallowing handfuls of capsules. And the more that I looked into it and questioned it, the more that I found that a lot of these things are built wrong. They're made with a lot of artificial fillers, synthetic binders, just a lot of dirty things. You don't actually question where your vitamins are coming from or how it's made. And so I set out to create an entirely new solution, one that's actually real food, and that's how it was inspired and Gem was born. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's a problem that I'm sure a ton of our listeners have, as well as myself. I know, you know, my I have a medicine cabinet on the other side of the room that's absolutely full with every different supplement that you could imagine. And, you know, it's all you're trying to figure out the doses and what works with you and what comes from a reputable source and what's just on Amazon. And it's hard as a consumer to really distinguish what's a high quality nutritional supplement? What is it that you need in your own body to optimize your own mental, physical well-being and overall health? So I think, you know, that that problem I know is something that affects tons and tons and tons of people. So I think it's a an amazing initiative that you guys are taking on. And it'll be really exciting to hear about, you know, how you guys think about things in the future trajectory of your company, but also you know, going a little bit further back into, like you said, when you were just someone who was interested in learning more about your diet, learning more about, okay, what can I do as Sarah to optimize my own health and how that led to a massive direct-to-consumer brand? I guess my next question would be is before Gem and before launching the platform, what is it you were doing? Like, What years are we talking that you were in college? What were you studying in college? Why don't you paint us a little bit of a picture about 
your background before you, you started things with Jump? Certainly. So we can go way back. I grew up on a farm in Oregon. So that's where my, you know, passion came from, you know, looking at what we were eating, what I was eating. I've always been very cognizant of it. That's been very much ingrained in me from an early age. And went on to study at Cornell. I studied, I had actually a very long major name. You can sum it up with international development, but I was looking at sustainability systems. I traveled all over the world, working with small farmers in India and Vietnam. And so that's, and I mostly, you know, studied this from like a policy lens. I interned at like the World Bank and the UN and quickly figured out that that wasn't the right path for me to kind of make an impact. And I actually joined an entrepreneurial fellowship called Venture for America right out of undergrad. And that's where I got my feet wet in the world of startups and building things. And I actually co-founded my first company. It was it was a plant-based beverage. It was actually a CBD beverage. It was the first CBD beverage to market. This was back in 2016. And what I've always been fascinated about are these untapped plant ecosystems and how we can apply them to our health. And so CBD or cannabis was really interesting to me. And with GEM, it's actually about algae, which we can get to in a second. But I've always been looking at these different plant-based systems. How can we diversify our diets? How can we kind of look at our nutrition differently and start to bring in these really healthy and sustainable plant systems into our day-to-day? And then, you know, as I mentioned, my own kind of health journey led me to start GEM. And with GEM, you know, every single bite has all of your essential vitamins and minerals and superfoods and as well. And so we're looking at incorporating plants like spirulina and chlorella algae that are incredibly sustainable. It's it's nature's original multivitamin. These are the things that should be in your multivitamin. And so we're not only redesigning, you know, what a multivitamin looks like instead of a pill or capsule, it's a real food, but also what's inside of it. Not like looking at our, you know, key deficiencies, but also the things in our modern lifestyles um, that we need to address, things like stress. And so we have, you know, adaptogens like ashwagandha that helps with that or chlorella that helps, you know, kind of, we live in this very polluted world now. So we have these natural kind of detoxifiers from superfoods. And so it's kind of like reimagining nutrition from the ground up in that way. And that's always been a big passion of mine is looking at how we can do that. What you bring up about nutrition and nutrition that's accessible in different locations that consumers may not really know about. It's really a fascinating topic. I myself have kind of gone down the rabbit hole Lately, like I mentioned, trying to optimize my health. And it's just fascinating to know how many parts of like the nutrition that you're supposed to be getting in your day to day, you're just not getting in the standard diet, right? So whether that's like your omega threes, or your all these different nutritions and supplements that are very important for critical, like mental processes and repair of the body, etc. It's just a very fascinating space that I think is only going to continue to grow. Anyway, enough about me and and that obsession. What I'm curious about is you mentioned you're in college. You had a lot of experience working with these different like sustainable farms all around the world. But at that time, I'm guessing, did you know that, you know, starting a company and starting like a direct to consumer brand was something that was of interest or was it more just like you were doing your major and you happened to have this experience and that was something that you could spin up? into a a full business later on? Yeah. I mean, my father was an entrepreneur. And so I think I've always had this entrepreneurial mindset in some way, knowing that I wanted to start a business. I wasn't sure what it was. And I've always had this passion of really like this larger mission in life that we need to fix our broken food system, that it's not working with how we nourish 
themselves currently. And so I didn't know at the time, you know, when I was an undergrad that I could kind of combine these two things. It wasn't until, you know, a couple of years after that I realized um, that the inspiration for Jim came. But those two things have always been, yeah, core. Early on, right? Like when you're starting, what was the first inclination that you wanted to turn this idea and something that you had a passion for into a product? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I had this, this own kind of health journey that led me to really, it was just creating a solution for myself. I actually found out through these different health tests that I was food sensitive to corn, soy, and wheat, which make up more than 70% of our world's calories. And it's in almost everything we eat, even in all of our vitamins. So I wasn't able to really even take a lot of the supplements out there. And so I started to build my own solution. I started to use spirulina and these superfoods and I felt a lot better. And that's what led me to create this funny looking bite that's now gem. And at first I didn't even think about it as the anti-vitamin, as an entirely new idea of a vitamin. I just thought of it as this daily essential, this daily health essential that really worked for me. And I wanted to share it with more people. And so I started a a beta group actually. And I joke on a complicated platform called Facebook groups. And I had um, people kind of refer, you know, in, so it wasn't just a bunch of my friends, over 300 women across the U.S. And at first I just formed this community really to see the product, to see if it was something of interest, to get people's feedback. And I kept iterating on it to kind of address other people's needs to see what would work. And I got a, an overwhelming res- positive response of, wow, this is something that could really replace, you know, my multivitamin. This is something that really works for me. And that's when really I had the aha moment of, wow, this could be a business and really be a product that is impactful in people's lives. And that's what led me to ultimately raising my first round of capital and then going to market in late 2018. Super cool. So you kind of have the experience of you started with what was like a passion project. You were solving a problem for yourself. You start to say, Hey, some other people like this too. So from there it's like, okay, now we've got something and let's turn this into, let's spread this message. Let's spread this product, that sort of thing. I think that's a really cool and organic way to create a business, at least in my experience too. I think a lot of businesses, you can't just, you know, come up with a business in your head one day and be like, Oh, let's do that. Like, sure. You could do it. But when you're creating in a company, and I'm sure this is something you've experienced yourself too, it's like, it's something you're going to be experiencing and a problem that you're going to be solving every morning when you wake up. So if this is just a passing whim, you're going to lose the motivation to like come in day after day and solve that problem. Or if it's something that's like really happens organically and in the way the whole process happens, I think that that makes it a lot easier for a founder to stick by their mission. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Okay, great. So now let's talk a little bit about different product iterations. I know where you're really early on, you're starting to create this little um, suite of supplements, if you will, for you and your early friends. What does your first product iteration look like and how do you physically create it? So I I have a team of scientific advisors that I brought together and our approach and, and my approach in building this has always been to have a kaleidoscopic array of knowledges and expertise. And so we have an herbalist, a functional medicine doctor, a neurologist, a biochemist, registered dietitians. And so, you know, bringing these different perspectives together 
in how can we look at our health in different ways? How can we actually look at it holistically and not just through this Band-Aid lens of a pill for this and a pill for that? And so it took, you know, kind of bringing them together, getting their input, and then really co-developing it with this community that I mentioned and getting their input, what was working for them. And so in the early days, it started out in my kitchen and sort of just, and for the kitchen, you know, I was already having these relationships with farmers and suppliers. And so I was already being able to source a lot of these essential nutrients from whole food source ingredients in the right way, and then kind of compiling them together in a formula that made sense based off of all of these perspectives and, and stakeholder inputs. And then I would use this community, you know, I'd keep iterating on it, on flavor, on formulation, and continuing to send it out really until I got kind of the high NPS score, if you will, that I was looking for in kind of the confidence. And so it was, you know, in the early days, very bespoke like that, I guess, and really started out in the kitchen and then and then has expanded and blossomed from there. That's really important to hear. And I think a lot of these brands and what initial product market fit looks like in a brand, it can look like a whole bunch of things. But if you were sitting there and you're in your, even if you're in your kitchen and you're finding the ingredients, you're putting them together and you're like, mm, this is starting to work. This is solving my problem. And it's starting to solve my friend's problems then that's like the best type of product market fit you can start to get. And then from there, you know, I think what you guys and your approach are doing now is that's super important, being able to bring in all the smartest minds in the field to really perfect and understand how all these different ingredients interact with each other, how they can really supplement the needs of your customers and your growing user base right now. I think that's a really good way to approach it. And then I guess my next question would be, because there's a lot of uh, listeners that, you know, really early on, maybe they're thinking about launching something in the nutrition space and the CPG space. What was like, once you move beyond, you know, making stuff yourself in your kitchen, you've given some of your product to some of your other friends. What does that first iteration of product look like where it's like, maybe I'm selling this or giving this to someone that I don't know. So Obviously, I can't just hand them a little like brownie looking thing in a napkin. Like, what is it at that time that you're giving them? And walk me through how you were thinking about brand packaging, labeling, et cetera, for your literal first customers outside your personal network. I started out really actually almost with like a brandless platform. So my idea was to package them. So they actually came packaged in a um, recyclable like PET container, like a small plastic container. And so it was really nicely designed and it had like a simple white label on it. It was like white and black. And the idea was like, I didn't want brand to distract from the core product. And I actually, I think there's a lot of, and I've had these mistakes too in my own past of building companies where a lot of people will spend a lot of money on these beautiful brand books and, you know, invest a ton in brand before they even know their target customer. And that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted the product right. I wanted to understand who my audience was. I wanted to understand, you know, how to build the right thing for them. And so I started out with a very simple and scalable kind of brand packaging system that was really super minimalist. And we actually kept that brand, by the way, up until earlier this year. It kind of evolved a little bit where, you know, we we started bringing in like a few colors. We had like mauve and it started to, to, but really it was like kind of this like simple brandless, like all white, you know, kind of design. 
up until we launched our rebrand earlier this year. And now I think it speaks to our core audience and our larger strategy. And it's what our brand word is kaleidoscopic. So it's very, you know, colorful and, and it takes into account kind of the diversity of perspectives and in ways that we're building gem, which I love. But we didn't invest in that until, you know, way later on. I think that's important to note because that's what allowed us to go to market so quickly and really as a food company, it's difficult to kind of have that, you know, quote unquote, lean startup method because it's harder to iterate on obviously a, a physical product than it is maybe if you were a software company or something where you can make you know, more methodical, smaller tweaks. So I set up kind of a supply chain and I set up a manufacturing and a production system with this packaging and brand that allowed me to do that in the most minimal way possible. And I always thought about scalability in my mind too when building out our unit economics. So from day one, you know, I made sure that we sourced things that I could scale with, that I could iterate on pretty quickly so that we could get to that product market fit um, faster. That's a really important part about thinking about and prioritizing the right things at the early stage of the company, prioritizing, okay, obviously brand is important and that's something that we care about. But at the end of the day, we need to create a product that customers love. So they're going to want to come back and we need to solve a real problem. So being able to prioritize that with scalability in mind and then say, okay, you know what, we know we're going to leave ourselves open to be able to tell our brand story and grow. We know what the, we have the foundation of the brand story, but we don't need to spend all this time on making things just pretty when we don't have a product that is solving a real problem. So I think that thinking is very, very important. And a lot of first time founders, maybe the first time around, sometimes you miss it, right? You get caught up with what everyone else is doing, how things look, and then you miss out on what really matters at the core of a product. So that's really fascinating to hear, especially in this space. And then my next question off of that is, I know you mentioned that you guys did take on funding in the early days. So I think, you know, obviously some D2C companies start with funding early on, start later on um, as they're scaling and trying to, you know, solve for inventory problems and stuff like that. But my question for you is like, how far along are you, are we talking when you raised your first round of funding? It's a great question. So I originally was actually going to do a crowdfunding campaign. I, I was never intended, I never intended to raise VC money out of the gates, but this beta group showed the need for how quickly we wanted to get to market and bring this product to life. And so as a result, I decided to raise um, VC money fairly quickly. And so it was really about about six months into the ideation of GEM and the prototyping that I raised my first pre-seed round of funding. And that so that was in the spring of 2018. And then we raised an, another round this spring as well. It was in the, in the early days. So my question about that, when you raised your first pre-seed, had your, are you still in the idea, ideation phase? Or have you shipped a product? Have you, you know, you've been playing around with product yourself and your friends? Or like, where are we? So actually, this beta group that I'm talking about, I, you know, it was about a month into that beta group that I realized the potential. And I actually invited investors to this group. <laughs> so I actually used the group as sort of like my, as my beta, right? As my product market fit, as it, the potential. So that was really my prototype version, if you will. So I had the product able to taste it continued to evolve, obviously, from there the next six months. But I had the initial product, I had the initial community, and I had the initial feedback as well. I did a lot of surveys within this group, you know, asking questions. We had different dialogue and conversations happening. And so I just invited these investors. They could see it transparently, what people are saying, good, bad, ugly. And 
that was my approach. I don't even know if I had a pitch deck in the early days. I mean, that was really it. You know, it was about the product. It was about, you know, our mission and vision of building this future of nutrition. And that's really how we actually raised that initial capital. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trend's exclusive community for everything DTC, the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more, all about DTC. Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D slash podcast and look for the Slack community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. No, I think that's really important to be able to understand like the story behind how you got your start, right? Because it's a little bit different from everyone, from people like, you know, selling product out of their the trunk of their car to raising a little round of seed capital before even starting. And again, it's the circumstance is a little bit different from everyone, but I think the tools that you're describing are the same. Like what's important is building a good product, having a strong community behind it letting people be like transparent and see what it is you're building and understanding what the future of that is. So um, that's really cool to understand, you know, when it is that you guys did raise that capital. So, and then I guess the next question from there, it's like, okay, now you have the capital. What's the first thing you do with it? Well, great question. I probably would have maybe done some different things (laughs) now looking back, but no, I, the first thing I did was produce the product. So that gave me, you know, the funding to actually do a large production run with a facility to source all the ingredients that we needed and to build the digital storefront, right? We're a direct-to-consumer brand. So the website, all of those materials. Um, so I actually had a growth marketing team that I had hired on a contract basis in the early days for the first four months. There's a designer, a growth marketer, and I hired, of course, we had our, our science side, and then I hired someone kind of on the ops side. And then together we sort of, you know, started to just do the go-to-market plans. And then it was after like that initial kind of setup, I would say is where the funding, you know, went in the early days, then it was about team building and growth, right. And funding the business. And so once we got to market, then that became a very different, a very different spend allocation, I guess. Totally. Why don't you also talk to me about the landscape of the space you're building in, right? It's almost crazy to see how fast things change. I feel like, you know, three years ago, four years ago, when you're starting this company, and selling online D2C, that's like a new thing. Whereas now you have all these different brands who are trying to, you know, everyone's trying to be a a health and wellness uh, advisor in some capacity, whether it's on Instagram, everyone wants to white label or create their own product. But obviously the landscape was a little bit different back then. So could you just walk me through from your experience, what the landscape was really like when you were creating this product? Like, who were you competing against? Who did you see as like competition? What were you you know, what was your white space that you were going after at the time? And then now, how have things changed? And where do you see yourself in the current stack of, you know, nutrition and supplement companies? It's a great question. We are, you know, at GEM, we're, we're building this new platform of nutrition and this new definition of what a vitamin is, of what it looks like, of what's inside of it, of how it should address your health. And so in the early days, like it was a, you know, it's a bite that you actually chew and eat. So I thought a lot about gummy bear vitamins and also, you know, it's a delightful, something delightful that you eat. It's not like a handful of pills that you swallow. So the form factor of, you know, pills and capsules as well 
those supplements in those two space is what I originally looked at as kind of like my indirect competitors. And there's, you know, a lot of them, right? And that is where a lot of our switching behavior, what's interesting about it is that how that's evolved is that we're really indirectly competing with so much more than just traditional supplements in gummy or pill form. We do get a lot of switching behavior from consumers who don't want to eat a candy, who don't want to follow pills and capsules, and who want to have a whole food solution that's more natural, right, to get their vitamins. But also, we were getting a lot of vitamin skeptics, people who've never taken vitamins before because they don't believe in it, because it's scary, right? You don't really know what's inside of it. We were also, you know, now the landscape has changed so much where we're this convenient all-in-one daily nutrition. And so even like powder companies now, right, there's all these superfood powders and and things like that where people are trying to get all of their essential nutrients. Gem also helps satisfy that need. And so now I think the landscape has evolved where when you actually look at, you know, the supplement space, it's so much more than just, I think, supplements. You're looking at functional food. You're looking at functional powders. You're looking at a lot more players in there. And we're an entirely different form factor, but we're kind of evolving that even more with that form factor and really, I think, disrupting and displacing a lot of those players. So if anything, our landscape has continued to evolve and widen as it is with its evolution. I think that coming from the perspective of, oh, we're not necessarily like replacing something that existed before. Maybe some of our attribution comes from consumers who peeled off their old routine, but as well as a whole new, um, you know, category of customers who are just looking for a new product, right? Maybe it's someone who didn't have a, a strict supplement regimen who is excited about the opportunity to, um, you know, be healthier with the sup- the you know gummies or starter kit or whatever they're taking with Gem. I think that's those are how really interesting companies come about. You're not just swapping out the old behavior, you're actually creating a new new behavior. So that's got to be a ton of fun to see. And and it's got to feel very impactful too, right? I'm sure you have a ton of customers and friends who have been able to lead and feel better by, by using your product. No? A hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's why I am doing what I'm doing at the end of the day. I just want people to like lead healthier, happier lives. And so the fact that I can have that impact and people feel amazing. What's really cool is that everyone has, you know, we all have different deficiencies, right? And so we fill the gaps in a lot of ways with our product, but you might feel more energy. I might feel actually calmer in a lot of ways. So depending on where, what you need most and kind of what resonates with you most in the product, you have different sort of feelings and benefits, which is really cool to see. So it's helped impact people's lives in a lot of different ways. And that's been really awesome to see and and for even in my smaller circles too, friends and family to have that impact with them has been really humbling and, and amazing. So one thing I'd really love to do is kind of dig in a little bit more into the product, the product experience, and some of the ingredients that you guys are really focused on. I think the listeners would be you know really interested in some of the cutting edge research that you guys are coming across and you know how different supplements impact your body in all these different ways. So what are some of the things that you've been excited about in your space? Like I know you had mentioned spirulina, ashwagandha, uh, astaxanthin, or however you pronounce it, um, chia seeds, mushrooms, all these different things. So what are some of the specific nutrients that you're excited about? And what, what are the downstream impacts of those 
nutrients on on humans for their their day-to-day life? I think first it's important to understand the philosophy behind what we're doing with real food because mm-hmm. so many supplements today are designed in this reductionist approach where they isolate vitamins to vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A, they put it into a capsule and they're like, okay, there's your complete nutrition. But when you strip away the cofactors, the phytonutrients that you actually get in real food, that's where a lot of the power comes from. And that's what you don't see on a label, right? And that you don't get traditional capsules. And so that's the important part about having superfood nutrients like spirulina or like chlorella. You're actually getting a lot of these antioxidants. You're getting these amino acids. You're getting these things that do so much more for your body in addition to like vitamin D and these other things. And so that's what actually helps your body absorb, helps actually provide more of a positive impact for you. And there's a lot of data around that. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of ingredients that I'm excited about that we use. So I just mentioned a few, obviously, that I think have the, you know, spirulina, for instance, has every single vitamin and mineral, every, it's your most complete amino acid. That's your most complete protein. And all of that is in, you know, one gram of spirulina is equivalent to a kilogram of fruits and vegetables. Density, and that's what we put into our bite. Astaxanthin, which is a red algae, is the most powerful mm-hmm. antioxidant in the world. It's more powerful than, you know, vitamin C or E combined. We also have this philosophy of not only using super nutrient rich ingredients that do so much for your body, but also making sure that we combine them, that we mm-hmm. use two different ingredients to make sure that we activate its full potential. So that's where you get things like turmeric, right? Which is really, it has, there's cucumin in it, which is an anti-inflammatory compound. It's super powerful in that regard. And we combine that with black pepper to activate its potential and absorption or things like probiotics, which we have in our bite. Mm -hmm. But in order for probiotics to really be successful for your digestion, you need to combine that with prebiotic fibers, which we also have from like acacia fiber and dates and other whole food ingredients. So that's the, the second thing. And the third thing is that where you actually derive and extract these vitamins are really important because that's how you make sure that you're still getting as much of those cofactors as you can. So one fun fact that I'd like to give is a lot of people don't know this, but 90% of vitamin D on the shelf today comes from lanolin, which is a fancy word for sheep's wool. Our vitamin D comes from mushrooms and actually an Mm -hmm. algae and one of our other products. And so when you derive nutrients from, you know, more natural sources, it sounds a lot more tasty, but it's also, you know, has a lot better, like has more phytonutrients for you. We have like, you know, K2 from chickpeas, we'd have vitamin Bs from quinoa. And so we try to derive our vitamins and minerals from whole food source ingredients wherever possible. And that kind of, you know, is our approach to building a healthiest solution that we can. Yeah, that's really important. And I think the the source of your product, it obviously makes a difference. I think you can see that in all product formats, whether it's physical inputs going into like a consumer good or in your case, and maybe even more important, and I think definitely more important in a in a nutritional product, the, the the food source and where that comes from and the quality is of utmost importance. So I think that's really important. But my next uh, question that I'd have now from a more like a product perspective and like what it is you guys do. So walk, why don't you walk us through the customer experience for me. I'm like a first time customer. I'm coming to your site. You know, what is it that I'm ordering? How am I going to know what I should be ordering and how do I get started? It's super simple. We offer your daily and nightly essentials. So we have two different daily essentials available. 
Um, mm-hmm. They're actually recommended based off of your kind of seasonal needs. So we have a daily essential citrus ginger that has your um, probiotics, your prebiotics. It has turmeric, vitamin D3, zinc. So a bit more for your immune system support, which is really important during flu season, during the winter. And then we have kind of our original daily essential that has ashwagandha, it has spirulina in it. It's really great for stress and energy, a lot more B vitamins. So first off, it's kind of choosing the right daily essential for you and understanding mm-hmm which is the best one that kind of fills the gaps in the diet in the right way. So I would kind of choose between those two daily essentials. Both work great together. They work great alone. And it's, we're all about kind of finding what works for you. So we have a very flexible, you know, subscription model where you can swap flavors, you can swap products, you can, you know, cancel anytime. And the idea is to really build the right routine for you. So that's our core, like daily essential product, your one bite that you need kind of a day and kind of two different options of that. And then we have our nightly essential as well, which we just introduced earlier this year. And this is really to help you. Everything that we design is designed holistically. So we never think within a vacuum. So your nightly essentials, of course, for your sleep, right? Helps you kind of fall asleep. We have valerian root, which is a natural alternative to actually melatonin. Melatonin is very habit forming, a natural herb that can kind of help you wind down, fall asleep. But we also include things like L-theanine and GABA, which are kind of Mm -hmm. nightly mood supporters because they're very stressed out. um, Sleep essential bite. And we kind of cover you day to night. And you really have those two options of what works best for you. Is it more of the nightly or the daily or both combined, just depending on how much you kind of want to level up in your daily health routine? My next question goes into a little bit about purchase experience. One thing that I noticed that was really cool about Gem and your site is that the purchase experience is slightly different than a lot of popular e-commerce brands, right? Like when you go to most e-commerce sites, you go to the page, you have all these different categories and you can browse through hundreds of different products and then you find one and check out. Whereas yours almost feels like a, a checkout flow that guides you into exactly what it is that you want. So could you just tell me a little bit about the thought that went into your purchase experience and how that fits into your, your website and overall strategy? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something that we actually continue to evolve. But right now, you know, we don't use traditional product pages or shop all category pages, as you referenced. We actually want to bring you through a journey to get started in the right way for you and provide you with that simple mechanism to find. So right now, when you go to get started, you have kind of two options. You can either start with a starter kit of either daily or nightly essential Or you can actually start with a trial sample pack of all of our kind of products and find the right bite that works for you on a daily or nightly basis. And so we kind of offer this guided journey to help build your health routine because ultimately, you know, we're a healthy habit company and it's important that we kind of guide you through that process so that you can find the right thing that works for you. And so that's how we sort of set up our flow to do that, which is as you mentioned, very different than um, I think most direct-to-consumer checkout flows. Yeah, no, it's something I saw and I spend all day looking at different e-commerce brands. So I was like, oh, this is something new. So I guess my question would be, and that's what's really cool to see, it's different pockets of creativity within the space because again, anyone, you know, anyone can spin up a Shopify store and start selling whatever they want, but like really thinking about the whole product experience, the customer experience, why with your specific product, getting the right type of product in the right order and the right flow 
is so important. So I, I just love the thought that you guys have put into that. And I found that really creative and cool. One question I have that I'm sure the listeners are curious about is, you know, how do you guys get everything set up? Why don't you tell me a little bit more about like your stack from, you know, an operational perspective? Are you guys built on Shopify? You know, what other tools do you guys rely on in your day-to-day operations and making something like this happen? For sure. Um, so our, our tech stack is super simple. We're built on Shopify and we use a subscription plugin within Shopify called Recharge. We use Clevio for our email system um, and SMS as well. And we also sort of co-built our own SMS for helping manage your subscription. So mm-hmm. um, we all have, you know, we text our customers three days before your monthly subscription, asking you if everything, how everything's going, if you want to swap flavors, if you want to pause or anything. And so we have a super communicative strategy there through SMS. And of course, we have the data side as well. We use Looker. I know there's a lot of different kind of data platforms out there. What's amazing about the direct-to-consumer world, obviously, is that you can really get to market quickly with a pretty simple tech stack. And there's a lot of tools where you don't need to reinvent the wheel necessarily from the ground up. And there's a lot that you're able to work with that are pretty flexible to kind of build the right suite for you. And then to your point, I think there's a lot of creativity and, and that you can put into that to, to make it unique to your experience that you're providing to your customer. Sure. And I think that, you know, given that you guys are running subscriptions and thinking about the customer experience, even in terms of like, okay, how do we preempt them before a rebuild cycle? So we don't have to get the downstream support of them, you know, being like, hey, I wanted to cancel this. Can you cancel it? Right. Like that's something that's really smart and being able to trigger three days before a rebuild cycle comes up. And, you know, I think having a really thoughtful customer experience is going to, one, make its way into the product, which it's clearly done as well as into the, online digital experience. One other question that I have, how do you guys think of non-compliance in terms of like taking the supplement and how that affects the experience? So like what things do you guys do to make sure people are taking their vitamins? Really good question. We just build relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think we just build authentic relationships. We have, you know, a really big customer experience team and we're in constant contact with them. We've built out these micro communities as well where we stay in touch with them. We ask them how we're doing. I mentioned our SMS where we follow mm-hmm. up with you kind of on a monthly basis to check in to see if, you know, this product's still working for you, if you want more or less or want to swap products. And so for us, like, you know, there's a lot of other ideas um, and campaigns that we, you know, have thought about and how can we get you to, you know, consistency is so important. And that's why we're a subscription model. It's about Mm -hmm. one bite a day. It's really in order to, to optimize your health, you really do need to be consistent. And so that's why we offer a subscription and, um, and we hope kind of through, you know, the structured experience that we provide you that that become something of a habit, you know, shipped to your door conveniently every month. So you don't have to think about it or worry about it in 30 byte packs. Um, we also offer, so it comes in 30 byte, um, actually compostable bags. And then we offer you a big tin, like an eco-friendly tin that you can refill and have on your counter. And then we also offer you a travel tin for on the go. And so we give you sort of three different kind of packaging systems, um, in your starter kit so that you can you know, always have it with you kind of wherever you need it in the house um, and can take it with you as well. So hoping to provide, you know, different levels of um, convenience, I guess. I love the idea for the uh, the product tin. You know, that's something I have. I have all these ugly bottles of of supplements in scattered around my kitchen. So if you ever need a new line for, uh, for a product <laughs> idea, maybe, maybe that's a good way to intro 
people before they even start buying the product, right? Um, That's a really great idea. Yeah. So, um, and then I guess my my next question, you know, before we wrap up here is, what is your day-to-day like, you know, these days? Obviously, you've been the founder, CEO, you started this company a little while ago, you're clearly growing. Uh, What are responsibilities like these days for you? Yeah, well, it changes, I think, with each stage of the company. And so I'm continuing to evolve as the CEO and founder. In the early days, you know, it was a lot of fundraising, a lot of storytelling, getting the word out, um, press. And now it's evolved as we've grown our team. We're now to almost 15 people, which is very Mm -hmm. exciting. And, you know, it becomes a lot of being with my team and really managing that day to day. I would say I spend probably... 75% of my time focusing on people, Mm -hmm. on hiring, on recruiting, on managing, on making sure that, you know, our team and our culture, setting the vision and strategy um, is a big part of my role now too. And looking forward, setting the product roadmaps. Yeah, it's continuing to, I'm I'm excited to see what it will be at this next stage of our growth. And the last question is, what does the future look like? I think the opportunity that you guys have, it's like now you've established relationships with customers. They're leading a healthier lifestyle by taking their you know gems every day. So what does the future product roadmap look like you with you guys, whether it's physical things, whether like what's coming down the pipeline? Well, we want to replace, we want to turn the supplement aisle into a food aisle. Mm-hmm. And that's our goal. And so we have... You know, our expansion roadmap on the product side is quite robust. Uh, We want to look at how can we continue to address the evolving needs of the market? How can we continue to create real food, healthier solutions? How can we continue to build this science platform of really the future of, you know, food is medicine? What does that look like? But right now, you know, it's not just about product development necessarily or product roadmap. It's about really reach and um, reaching more of right now we're just US based, but mm-hmm. reaching more people and growing our community. And so that's what we're laser focused on is just the growth and building our community right now with the product suite that we have. Awesome. And where can our listeners find you on social, on Twitter, or and where can they find Gem? Great question. We are at dailygem.co, dailygem.co. And you can go there to find all of our products and read up more. Awesome. Sarah, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the D2C pod today. We covered a lot and are really excited for you guys and the team as you guys continue to grow. And I think you've given a lot, a lot to chew on to our listeners. (laughs) So just want to thank you for your time. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here.